0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Board Gaming Doctor. My name is Phil and I won't be your only board game doctor today. Uh, back from the annals of research and and study, yeah. uh, we have Dr. Jacob back on the podcast. How are you doing, Jacob?
1: I'm doing great. I'm uh, done with a very, very busy semester. And I have been able to actually think about uh, other things again. So I'm ready to talk about some board games. It's always in the back of my head, even when I'm doing homework and stuff. <laughs>
0: so yeah, it's like the motivation that keeps you going to finish your homework or yep. just your work day, you know, whatever it may be. <laughs> just yep, so you exactly. can go home and, and, uh, and play some more games or, or what have you. So
1: yep. But
0: good. But yeah, it's, it's, it's always fun to connect with you. And And uh, despite us being both really busy this year, I think we have both uh, individually and collectively had an interesting year of board gaming. And so uh, for this episode, I just wanted to to touch base and kind of see what we have accomplished board gaming wise this year, what stood out. Uh, as far as games from this year, from years past, from the top 100 as well, mm-hmm. and what we might anticipate for the future. So, so Jacob, let's let's get into it. All right. Um, let's talk about the top 100 games because this is a project that we have both been working on. You primarily, for sure. You, you kind of got me hooked onto completing my task of of completing the top 100 games list. Mm -hmm. i things have changed you know since we started it yeah um you know some games have left some games have been added on but in general let's just start broad and uh how did that go for you this year and and what were you able to accomplish with the top 100 games
1: you know when i started the top 100 list um we got a a scratch off poster from my sister-in-law and i was like this is so cool and we started off by scratching off like 43 of them or something like um we had already played almost half, and so I was really surprised. I was like, "Cool, this is going to be super easy," um, but it's taken work because a lot of those extra fifty games are like harder to get a hold of, or more expensive, or they're campaign style games. Um, I feel like last year we we hit like ten or fifteen, right? Like we, you, and I played quite a few of them. Um, mm-hmm. This year we didn't get to quite as many because we're starting to get into that territory where it's like the bigger campaign games that are left and those are going to be harder to get to. Um, so I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine that I was able to get off that list this year. Um,
0: nice. And they were like
1: nine ones that I've been hearing about for a long time. So it felt good to finally like to play a couple um, of Lacerda's and to play some Uwe um, and, you know, some of these big names that I've um, been wanting to, get more out of right and to to play more and so it's good to really get some of those big names off the list um, I don't know if you yeah. want to talk about them specifically or if you want to do your summary first and then we can go into it or
0: yeah I mean we can kind of go back and forth but I, I agree like one thing that I feel like the top 100 games uh, of all time one of the positives about trying and accomplishing this task of trying to play all of them or most of them is that I feel like there are a wide variety of games on that list. Mm-hmm. I know some people feel like they they might be skewed more towards like heavier games or more Euro style games, but I feel like there are a lot of good like uh, American version American style games on there, some lighter games as well, and and so if you do kind of take that list and try a bunch of games from a bunch of different designers. I think you could potentially establish a taste and then ex- start to explore from from there from games that are not on the top 100 list or yeah. new games that are always popping out each year. And so I think there is some merit to diving into these games. And But yeah, it's even though I feel like we have established tastes so far, there could be surprises there. And, and, and it's just fun to check the box off to say that you have at least played these 100 games Yep. and uh and so it and makes it for a, a kind of a you know a bragging rights type of thing but but yeah let's uh were there any games out of those nine games and 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 just for uh your sake as well for for me on my part i know a lot of the, these games we played together uh some we played separately mm-hmm. uh, like virtually on tabletop simulator but i played let's see one two three four five six seven games uh, that were new to me. Okay. Uh, some of these games, uh, I did count one game that probably was not on your list or on the top 100 list when the list was made.
1: Yeah, um, I I have one here as well, but it's a pretty notable one. So I was like, I'll I'll include that even if it wasn't on my list. Yeah. Poster. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I feel okay about including that as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, so I I got seven of those played and hoping to play some more. Let's talk about, first, the games that you loved. Uh, what what games stood out to you the most from the top 100 this year?
1: So this is, um, my loved list is kind of a shocker to me, because there are three designers that I normally don't, like, jump at, right? They don't excite yeah. me right out the gate. So I have an Alexander Pfister, I have um, a Vital Lacerda, and I have a New Wave Rosenberg, which yeah. are, like, the... <laughs> the three big names that I'm always like, you know, I haven't had good experiences with them in the past, but these three really, really worked for me. Um, So I have um, in no particular order, Mombasa, Lisboa and Lahav. And I think if, if I had to pick one that was like my, my top hundred game of the year, I think it might have to be Mombasa. Um, Mm -hmm. I was surprised. I, I'm not usually a huge fan of tracks and I'm not usually a big fan of economic Mm -hmm. games, and I don't, I don't know if you would qualify Mombasa as economic. It's more of like stocks, right? Where you're kind of investing and in trying to um, better certain colors, right? That you have more stock put into. So I guess it's more stock. Um, but I found that game so interesting in the way that the tracks have the special powers and it works kind of like Orleone, right? Where you're going, the higher up the track you go, the more return you're getting on each individual company Um, and it just had this really satisfying um, loop and not to mention you know the card play and how you actually do those things right and how you actually get things out on the board Um, I just thought it was a fascinating system and it really really worked for me and that's one that ever since I've wanted to try Sky Mines right you know the the re-theme reprint and that's one that I'm dying to get my hands on but it's so hard to find (laughs) So oh, yeah. one of these days, that's a that's a grail game for me after having played it on Tabletop Simulator. I'm really looking forward to owning a copy of that.
0: I agree. And I'll, I'll just say that Mombasa was the game that I liked the most from the top 100 this year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I put it into the love category and it, it made my top games of all time uh, episode. And for the reasons that you mentioned too, like I really like how you take actions in that game. Uh, it really... Uh, benefits to having you know planned ahead and what uh, action cards you play in what columns on your board and when you take them back into your hand. And the whole uh, stock system too, like I've mentioned before, I'm not a huge fan of tracks, but I like how this game makes it feel a little bit different because it's all interconnected with the main board mm-hmm. and having variation as well. Makes it and uh, and what you accomplish if you move up some of those tracks, uh, how that differs from game to game, I think, could lead to longevity as well. But yeah, it you know for as daunting as some of Fister's games are, I felt like this one was unique, mm-hmm. and it didn't take as much uh, brain power, I think, compared to some other games like Great Western Trail, yeah, or even Maricaybo, which I really enjoy. I I felt like it was a lot easier to kind of understand what was going on and then move from just basic understanding into strategic thinking uh, earlier on in the actual gameplay and then I think that would be easier with sub- subsequent gameplays as well. So yeah. it was it was it was a hit and I'm I'm excited to try SkyMates at some point too. We'll have to pull that out on tabletop simulator if we can't find a physical copy.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's one of those that just I feel like it, it has that really clever interplay of mechanics that just makes it unique, right? I can't think of another game that does everything together quite like
0: Mumbasa does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a it's it's a real hit. And I'm I'm sad to see it leaving. I, I looked at the top one hundred list right before we started recording and I saw that it had barely left oh. uh, or it's like 106 or something like that and so yeah. it's just outside of it but uh it's unfortunate but yeah uh, i'm glad that it was at least on the list at some point so we could try it out <laughs> yep for sure but tell tell me more about uh lisboa what, what did you think about that game i
1: you know i um we played a few um spoilers we played a few lacerda's this year that um yes not all of them made it onto my love list <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um there are times when I hear people talk about um, Lacerda and they're just, it's kind of the heaviness to to get across the themes and also kind of heaviness to get that kind of crunchy aspect. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and for as daunting as even Lesboa felt in the learning process, right. Like learning all the rules and learning how everything interacts. It was so intuitive once you get going, right. Yeah. How you play the cards, how you select your actions. Um, and then that, Is kind of its own game and then on the side you have the buildings and um the architects right and everything going on on that side of the board and i just thought it was a really clever combination of individual play with the card section right and then Mm -hmm. really interactive play on the building section and you're really concerned about what you're um what the other players are doing and how you're lining yourself up to get the most amount of points um so it just had that perfect balance of interactivity and interesting personal decisions for me that really just pulled out an interesting, and and just on top of being um, pretty intuitive, right, and and pretty yeah. smooth going, even though there are um, a few rules, right, you have to keep track of. I, I felt like it was actually really smooth.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like the theme really helped here because, okay, knowing what the theme is, you know, we're building lisbon or lisboa back up from you know a couple of catastrophes mm-hmm. okay so we need to uh, build out this portion of lisboa and and put out buildings in a certain grid you know system okay and the way that you take actions is pretty straightforward placing a card on top or on bottom awesome mm-hmm. okay so so it's like I, I felt like a lot of those rules helped in a you know alluded to it making more sense naturally yeah uh, and strategically, too, I really enjoy the depth of Lisboa when it comes to where you can look for points, right? I think, I think the goal is to, yes, build up Lisboa, um, place in your buildings and trying to get as many points out of placing them at the right time in the right place. But I love the decrees that you have on the yeah. other side of the board that you can pick up, creating personal objectives for you to try to accomplish as well it allows you to tinker with other Portions of the game that perhaps in a say a higher player count game at three or four players, it could probably uh, give you a chance to zag when other people are zigging mm-hmm. elsewhere. And so I, I like that in a game where it gives you some avenues to to pursue, and um, while trying to you know at least kind of cover your bases points wise with build rebuilding this And so I yeah there are so many nuances and and nooks to discover in this game that uh it's definitely one that i enjoy coming back to and wanting to replay even more so
1: yeah and you had played this before this year right so this was not new to you okay yeah yeah you know it
0: it is a heavier game and so it's Mm -hmm. and and i don't own it because it like mombasa or sky mines it's hard to find and if you can't find it it's, it's expensive and so i'm you know i i don't have as many plays under my belt I'm theoretically saying that this game would have longevity for me and multiple plays in the future, but I, I have faith that it will because yeah. I, I really enjoy the theme and the gameplay.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's very clever.
0: Very clever. So. My, yeah, definitely my favorite Lacerda as well. But um, last but not least out of this category of loved games from this year, tell me, tell me your thoughts again about Lahav.
1: Yeah. You know, and I, um, I think i told you this going in too i was like i don't know how i feel about Lahav. i have a history of uve yeah um, but this didn't feel anything like the uve that um i'm familiar with i mean there mm-hmm. there is some of that juggling resources right um of different types but i just thought it was so clever the way uh, you know getting all those buildings out just felt so satisfying and mm-hmm. um the way you actually get them right um it just was a, a system that again felt smoother in action than it did even learning the rules right I was surprised by how smoothly it worked and how simple it was to actually see your path forward and be able to um, figure out where I needed to go and how to get you know sometimes you need a ton of resources and it's like how do I do that and feeling clever through working out how to get those resources and how to move forward and how to get that billing out um, it just really was um, satisfying for me in that it felt like there was this constant kind of feedback loop that as I got more buildings, I was able to do more. Um, and it really was just this satisfying machine that you're able to build. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. It is. I, I'm always amazed by how different each game can feel. Cause I played this game, uh, I think about 15 times or so now. And it's amazing how little variation in these starting buildings that you have Mm -hmm. and how little uh, special buildings you use per game as comparison as compared to how large that stack is yeah Uh, it's amazing how these little changes and little nuances to how the game is set up which buildings that you have in, in order and and what comes out from the special building pile makes every game feel a little bit different you know and so yeah it's it's uh it's it's a good one. It's it's definitely in my top twenty of all time, just because of how smooth it plays, how you know, uh, streamlined the actions are, uh, which clears the room out, you know, in your mind for really creating a strategy to plan ahead for, it. Mm-hmm. and and uh, yeah, it it definitely feels it has it has elements that are very Rosenberg, but it I I can say too that it does feel different. Overall, compared to some of his other games, so yeah, I'm glad that you really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and I I was surprised I wasn't overwhelmed by the amount of of resources for the something about the way they were employed in this game just made sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It now I
0: think I think out of the top 100 games, uh you've played all of the Uwe Rosenberg games that are on that list. Is that correct?
1: Oh my gosh, um, Fields of As... Arla. Agricola, yeah. Caverna, yeah. and this one is that it. Feast for Odin. Oh, Feast for Odin. Yeah, yeah. Man, I guess I have. There you go. Wow.
0: <laughs> now, uh, we had talked about uh, playing some other games that are outside of the top 100 from Rosenberg in person. You know, including Glass Road, uh, which is one of my personal favorites. But um, yeah, I, I I look forward to sharing more of these other Rosenberg, uh, Rosenberg games with you to hopefully um, uh, scratch the same itch that Lahab did. But yeah. um, that's my hope. <laughs> anyway. yeah. uh, so let's continue with our discussion on the top 100. And so these were like the best of the best that we played throughout the year. Uh, what about some of the other games that maybe you just liked or may- didn't quite hit the mark for you?
1: So there were... Um... As you can tell, I only really had three in my left. I I think a lot of the ones that I played this year, the the problem that I had was, to me, I I tend to you know the the three that I've talked about. There's a sense of elegance, even though there's a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. Um, for some of these other ones, that it didn't quite feel like that for me. Um, so like, um, I also did plays on Mar on Mars and the Gallerist this year. Um, mm-hmm. And again, going back to act that. Um, you know the thematic connections to the complexity really comes through in Lacerda games Mm -hmm. Um, the gallerist um, I thought was going to be my favorite but actually ended up being more difficult for me because every time you take an action there's like a four-step process that explains what you have to do and so I I found it hard to remember what exactly each action did and that made it harder for me to strategize how to get things moving on the On the whole, I was able to strategize and figure out where to send my people and how to get guests into my gallery. But um, every time I'd an action, I'd have to re-look at that list and work through. And I inevitably forgot something or misremembered something. Um, So a lot of times for me, that's the kind of thing that... um, And it's a personal problem. where I just have a hard time remembering all the details. But um, Mm -hmm. those are the things that will make a game not work as well for me. That also happened a little bit with... um, anachrony where mm-hmm. it seems really simple but there are little things that um are just kind of there that up the complexity a little bit yeah um, or and or like pax premier right where there's so much mm-hmm. happening on so few cards um so for me those are the things that didn't work um but i did um i liked on mars i liked earth um i'm i'm including earth even though it's not on my poster um It's one of the most talked about ones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The last little bit. So, um, I I will
0: say that, like, I believe this game should be in the top 100. I think this game deserves to be. Yes. uh, Even though it's, I think it's somewhere in the 200s right now. And so uh, maybe one day, you know, with expansions or something, it'll reach that point. But uh, yes, let's let's include it there.
1: Oh, is Earth not in the top 100?
0: It's not. It's not. I thought it had made it. it. Oh, no. I think everyone predicted that it would, but it hasn't quite made it yet. so Oh
1: I'm slandering. I'm sorry. No, it's
0: okay. No, we're, we are promoting that, that idea that it should be. so yeah, uh, next year will be should be the year that it, yep. it, it hits. That's, that's my hope. But, um, but yeah, like I, I share a lot of similarities and, uh, and similar thinking with some of these games, like I, I included on Mars as well. on this list of Mm -hmm. of games that I liked, but, you know, didn't love. Um, It's kind of the opposite with, uh, in comparison to The Gallerist, which I had played before, but uh, on Mars, there were a lot of steps that you had to take, you know, which each action thematically, it made a lot of sense. I really liked how the uh, turn structure occurred thematically with you know being on the on the uh international or or like the space station versus on mars you know on the on the terrain um but but the uh the complexity of of everything of every nuanced uh portion of the board you know there are so many so many things to keep track of in that game that uh it it really takes a lot of time to internalize i think and it, it took like half the game or more to really understand what was going on. I remember that play that we had. It it took a while just to understand the basics of how to take a turn um, versus like the gallerist where, yeah, sure. You only have, you know, three options on the turn to take out of four in general. So it's like, Oh, you know, this kind of looks like a wingspan or something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, oh, it should be easy, but, but every action that you take has a very, uh, very much a cascade of, of of consequences that you take, and remembering those consequences does take a lot of time to understand. Yeah. And for me, it, it it took a little bit more effort than it than I felt like it was needed to really get into the game and enjoy the game itself. If if the theme were different, perhaps it would help as well. But yeah, um, th- yeah, thematically, I would rather play on Mars or or Lisboa, of course. But yeah, um, yeah yeah Not and Anacrony as well But
1: yeah. Just adding on to um, you're talking about on Mars, there there are times when it feels like there are so many things to focus on. Mm-hmm. I was amazed, though each individual mechanic felt so fun on its own. Yeah. Um, and it was just that occasional kind of overwhelm that knocked it to like for me, but just like I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and I love the tech upgrading. I thought that was so mm-hmm. clever. I really liked the building and the individual actions you can get. I love the board movement, right? Like moving your rover and your people. Um, you know, there's so many things individually. Like this is so cool. But at times, I think for me, the biggest struggle that we had while we were playing is the sending your workers to space and to, to the planet. Yeah. Um, it's those little things like that that make it a little bit harder to to process, right? And to strategize that, you know, if they were boiled down just a little bit. I think there's a core game here that I really love. But some mm-hmm. of those other things just kind of like you know, is is the work a little bit too much?
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and some of it feels kind of booky as well. Like yes, I know there are some games that I feel like do really well digitally. Some games are better played in person. I mm-hmm. think that this game would really benefit from a digital mm-hmm. implementation because you could have you know, a computer basically keeping track of those small rules that are easy to forget, uh, saying, yes, you can do this, or this is how many workers you can bring back, et Yeah. And that way, you know, that additional check of, uh, you know, keeping track of, of those small little rules can really help, I think, elevate that experience and kind of clear the way to understanding how to play the game better rather than just knowing how to play the game. And so, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. uh for for me uh games that i also put in the like category uh included the crew mission deep sea mm-hmm. and clank legacy uh you've played both of those right
1: i i have not played deep sea we own it i've played the original um
0: oh okay i haven't yeah.
1: gotten a chance to play deep sea yet
0: yeah so so deep sea i've i've talked about on the podcast before mm-hmm. i think it, it definitely is a better and upgraded version compared to the crew uh, when it comes to gameplay and it, like playing it just off off the mark and not playing the campaigns, uh, the campaign scenarios. If you just wanted to play a one-off situation, this game works better, I think, than, mm-hmm. than the original crew. And so for that, I enjoyed it more than the crew. Um, but I haven't talked about Clank Legacy. You know, obviously, I can't talk about the entire experience. You've, you've played the whole Legacy game, though, right?
1: I have, and I, I love it to death. We still yeah. have. We, we played a friend's copy, and then we went and bought our own copy that someone else had finished just because we loved the end product as a game so much. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have someone else's copy, but it doesn't bother us because it's so good. It feels like Clank with a couple of expansions thrown in that really is the ultimate version of clank for me yeah
0: it is and i'm i'm super excited to try to get to that point
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh i i felt like we so ariel and i um we played the first session of it and that was really fun to see the new board and kind of relive clank because at that point we hadn't played the base game of clank in a while yeah Uh, but we haven't been able to bring it back out just because of family and you know just other things and and so it's you know i'm i'm hoping to you know live that experience and and really enjoy what legacy has to offer um, when we we have played clank since but it's been with other people and so we're not mm-hmm. going to bring out legacy or you not. Know? we're going to bring out the the incomplete version of it we're going to bring out the base game you know and so yeah and so it's it, you know i we'll talk about some goals in, at the end of the podcast for for next year but i probably should put Playing Clank Legacy with my wife. (laughs) On on top of that, Uh, we'll see what she feels, how she feels about that, because it's her game. You know, she she got it for oh Christmas or something. But and so I I guess I'm deferring to her when we when she wants to play it. But yeah. uh, But hey, you know, I'll I'll drop some hints and maybe we can get that played more. But yeah,
1: and just to say, I mean, if you've only played the first game, you still will have already gotten a taste of the sense of humor. Um, Oh yeah, this game is so funny. Um, And yeah, I think because of that, uh, sometimes the weakest point of legacy games for me is that narrative, right? It's more of just like, here's a little bit of like, here's a sprinkle of narrative to give a reason for why we're giving you this new thing. right? Clank, the way it has the corporate humor and the fantasy humor really, really worked for, for the group that I played with. Um, mm-hmm. And that book of secrets is consistently funny. Um, and I love the way that the end game points, like end of campaign points are distributed. Um And man, I I think this board looks and feels more thematic by a mile than um, any other version of Clank I've played. Um, Yeah, I I love Clank Legacy with all my heart. It's it's my definitive version of Clank.
0: Oh, fantastic! So good. Yeah, I'm 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 motivated to to complete it to uh, you know expound all the secrets that it has, and then have a. A functioning clank that I can pull out uh, with, yep. uh, with other people as well at the end, so cool yeah um, and just so real quickly too out of the top 100 um, I, I I don't like to dwell on, on yep. the negatives as as much, but I mean there has to be some games that missed this year right and so were what were the games that uh, missed the mark for you this year
1: I think I mentioned a couple um the the kind of there were some that I, I could recognize they were good games that just didn't work for me, um, yeah. and those were the Gallerist, Underwater Cities, and Anachrony. Right um, mm-hmm. underneath, I can tell that these are really good game systems, um, but each case, like uh, the Gallerist, was just a little bit too heavy for me. Um, as we talked mm-hmm. about, kind of, it seems simple, but underneath everything, there's like this whole process, right? So that was a little bit too much for me. Um, underwater Cities is that a disadvantage? I went in with someone comparing it to terraforming Mars for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And so I went in with a different expectation for what the game was going to be. Um, And because of that, I didn't quite feel that same um, kind of engine building satisfaction from it. And so I think that's why it didn't work as well for me. Um, And then Anachrony, I feel like it felt like a, a heavier, more thinky version of, um, Lords of Waterdeep, right? Where it's mm. actually pretty simple worker placement, you know, what you're getting back, what you're putting back in. Um but as I was playing it, I was like, you know, this makes me want to play Lords of Waterdeep. <laughs> <laughs> um it's like, you know, it's just that little bit of added weight that I think really could work for somebody, but for me, it reminds me of how I, I'd rather actually go just play a simpler worker placement game. So I think yeah, all great you games.
0: Know, yeah. For sure. Yeah. They they obviously, you know, the Populace at large, in, you know, considers these games really good. I really enjoy underwater cities for the mechanisms and the tableau building. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anachrony, I I tend to agree with you as well. Uh, when you strip down the, the theme of it, I think I think the the uh, quote unquote gimmick of taking borrowing resources from the future is just a really cool way of of taking loans in this game. Yeah, and so you know, you have that portion. You have the uh, worker placement uh i think it's it's neat the way that you need to you know combine certain workers in certain spots and you have to have mechs to be able to do so and so it's it's a little bit of a more complex version of your typical worker placement but as you strip that away you know it it really does become a kind of a typical worker placement game yeah with some some unique features you know the the way that the game switches halfway through is is pretty cool you know i i compare it to like the switch that happens in games like brass where yes. uh all of a sudden the next half of the game is is like you know tense and just really really different something uh, uh maybe it, it's kind of opposite of brass where it's really tight at you know at the end of the game of anachrony versus at the beginning of yeah. Brass. but um and i and i suppose that added modules to this game as well make it for a more unique experience when it comes to worker placement yeah so i from you know expansions and modules uh, i think that's what maybe some people have really uh, hooked on but obviously if if you're not hooked onto the base game then you wouldn't probably have much to say about the modules as well so so i don't know it it didn't quite hit the mark for me as well but mm-hmm. yeah i can i can see where this game could feel different and could really uh, have helped people enjoy this game for multiple uh, game sessions. And so,
1: yeah. Yeah, and if worker placement is your favorite and you want a little bit more punch and a little bit more meat, right? And like having to sacrifice workers and having to switch and hire more workers, right? That's there. And I think I can see why people really like, um, because even managing your workers is, um, you have to really think carefully about how you're doing it and what type of workers, right? So I can tell why someone would like it um yeah yeah it's really clever
0: i agree i agree um for me so some games that were kind of you know uh, that didn't quite hit the mark uh, heat pedal to the metal mm. is one that was not on the list uh, to begin with but it has made quite a stir and quite a rise in the top 100 games i've gone into my reasons why but um you know a racing game is uh, with with this deck building is not perhaps my favorite i think i would rather play other deck building games like 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 Plank, right mm-hmm. <laughs> uh like dominion uh even i you know just a pure deck building game like that i i think i would rather play ahead of heat uh planet x the search for planet x uh it was a, a fun you know deduction type of game i've just really struggled to get this game played i've i've presented it multiple times to friends And we've always chosen something else, and so to me, you know, I I feel perhaps maybe a little uh, dejected for having tried (laughs) to get this game out and and really play it and see if it's something that I enjoy. But if I'm in the space for a a deduction game that's kind of like Clue, then yeah, I would I would pull this one out. You know, I've I've played it solo and and really enjoyed that play. So I think out of the games in this category where it didn't hit the mark. I think this one would elevate for me if I got to play it more. Yeah. And then finally uh, for me, Nemesis was a game that I got to play solo uh, in person. I went to a, I went to a a magic uh, thing at at a, at a game store with with one of my friends and I got there too late. And so they had already started. And and so I was just like, okay, they're playing commander. They're going to take like an hour and a half to play this game. Uh, let me just pull out something from the rack. And so I played Nemesis and and it's really cool. You know, it's obviously a very thematic game. Uh, It's not one that I'm inclined to, you know, return to as uh, I feel like these more thematic games, I kind of treat them as movies. And so Mm -hmm. um, the, the gameplay itself is, it it is what it is. You know, you're experiencing uh, this kind of horror situation on a, on a spaceship and, uh, there are elements that can create re- replayability as well, not in the same sense as a strategic euro game, but in the sense of of different uh, scenarios or things popping up in different orders, you know, different enemies, et-, et cetera. And so, it for for what it is, I think it it does deserve to be you know one of the best uh, American style games out there. But as I've developed my tastes for you know heavier euro games i think it's not one that i am inclined to come back to just from the strategic point of view Um, but it's it was a good experience at, at the very least and so um yeah
1: yeah and i was trying to think through like i don't know if i've played a game quite like this before and i haven't played nemesis yet either like maybe the closest thing i can think of is maybe betrayal at House on the Hill or yeah. Mansions of Madness, right, where you're moving around and mm-hmm. interacting with things. Um, but obviously, is is there a player who plays the alien who's hunting everyone else? Is that is it ace as, like asymmetric that way?
0: So everyone, it, and so it is cooperative. Okay. Um, and and so everyone is has an asymmetric player that they play as that has you know different strengths and and stuff. But uh, it, you're you're basically as a team battling against the the board itself and the enemies that pop out yeah things okay. can happen like like in betrayal or mansions of madness things can happen where you might turn against your party and so that mm. you know <laughs> that's always fun Yep. but uh yeah so at the initial setup though it, it is cooperative okay
1: cool yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i've always been kind of interested because it reminds me of alien right um
0: mm-hmm. and so... yeah yeah it's it's Alien, the board
1: game. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And I, I do look forward to getting to try it. But yeah, I, just thinking through, I was like, you know, I've seen so many of these, but I don't think I've ever really played one. So I think Nemesis, like you were talking about earlier, I think Nemesis would be a good time for me to try out that genre. Um, yeah. Let's see how it works. I hadn't,
0: I hadn't realized that you hadn't played it yet, um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll definitely pull it out on tabletop yeah. later at some point and uh, give it a another go. Yeah. <laughs> so. Any other games uh, before we move
1: on? Um, I was just going to say I'm excited. I know you said Heat didn't work for you. I'm getting a chance to play it next week. So I'm excited oh, to give cool. it a try and to yeah. to try the new, pun intended, the new hotness. Um, the
0: new hot, the new Heatness. The
1: new yeah. Heatness. Um, <laughs> and give that a shot because I love deck building and I, I've tried a few racing yeah. games and they've been kind of hit or miss and I'm hoping that this mm-hmm. is the one that kind of sells the genre to me. So
0: we'll see. Yeah, um, I think yeah. yeah, we'll talk. About if there's it. any game, if there's any game that does it, it's going to be this one. But yeah, we'll yeah. we'll talk about it for sure. Yeah, Okay. love it. Um, are there any games now as we enter a new year, uh, besides Heat, that you are looking forward to checking off your bar, uh, your box next, like the most? Like, are are there any mm-hmm. top one hundred games that you're just dying to play next?
1: You know, I have a lineup of things that I. Like know someone who owns it, or I know a way to play it, and I have like a little dot drawn on it. I haven't scratched them off yet. I've Uh got a few of those Um, classics. Things like even Raiders of the North Sea, right? Like these games I've heard about forever and just never made it to. Um, I just need to actually get to it. I I think um, Raiders of the North Sea would be one of them. I'm also I know a friend who has um, Journeys in Middle Earth, and I really love Mansions of Madness. Um, Mm. so I'm really looking forward to trying Journeys of Middle-Earth. I don't know if that's currently on it. It was pretty low at the bottom of my top 100 poster. Um, Yeah. But I love Lord of the Rings. Unfortunately, is isn't, yeah. Yeah, I love Lord of the Rings, and I love Mansions of Madness, so I'm really looking forward to trying that one in the next
0: year. Fantastic, yeah. I I had tried playing Journeys of Middle-Earth years, like I think even before. It was right in the time that we met, you know, back Mm -hmm. in, you know, I don't know five, six years ago oh, man. Uh, at, at the, at the, at that game cafe, actually mm-hmm. Ariel and I tried to uh, learn it uh, straight from the box and uh, it was a little bit too much, you know, <laughs> yeah. at that point we hadn't played mansion of madness either. At that Okay. Point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that is one game that I need to play for sure uh, thematically. It's one of my favorites, but yeah, I'll, I'll join you in that endeavor. Um, awesome. Some, uh, just two games that I think I would uh, well, actually three Lords of Waterdeep. I, I have the app now. I just need to bring it out and play it. So I have that experience. Uh, Lords of Waterdeep is actually a game that my wife and father-in-law, like they've, they've played that multiple times, you know, way, you know, 10 years ago. And so, so that's actually a game that they play played that I haven't yet.
1: You've never and played so, Lords of Waterdeep.
0: I've never played Lords of Water, dude.
1: Scandal. Are you even a board gamer? <laughs> <laughs> Do you even board game, dude?
0: Yeah. No. Wow, that's I, surprising. I I yeah, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. Wow. There are some blind spots, but uh, that will be rectified soon. Awesome. And so I will, I will get that played uh, and let you know how I feel about it. Um, I'm expecting it to be really good. It's a classic. It, it's pretty simple, but uh, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And uh, also, new to the list, uh, Sleeping Gods. Mm. Have you ever had a chance to play that one yet?
1: No, it's one of those that... um, A a slight spoiler for the goals of the new year. I have so many campaigns that I'm waiting to play. And Sleeping Gods is like the grail that once I work my way through all of these other campaigns, I want to try Sleeping Gods. Um, Yeah, for sure. Because I tried Seventh Continent and it didn't quite work for me. And I've heard that Mm -hmm. everything that I didn't like about Seventh Continent is kind of absent in Sleeping Gods, and it's more narrative thematic, which is more what I was looking for. So, someday.
0: Right. Someday. And, yeah, I, I agree. Like, these campaign games are really... Uh, they can eat up some time yeah. out of uh, checking off, of, off these boxes, but I'm hoping to at least try it just to see if the, the mechanisms and the system is something that I enjoy yeah. enough to continue playing. And then finally, um, Power Grid. Is that one that you've played yet?
1: Yeah, and actually, I think... I don't remember if I played that this year or the year before. Um, yeah. I was surprised how much I liked Power Grid. It was like a really... It felt like a ticket to ride, Lords of Waterdeep, like just one of those like really yeah. essential classics. Um, yeah. And I, I
0: really, really liked it. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Because I have learned that there is an app for Power Grid now. mm uh, I think it's it's buggy, and I think it's in German. Oh, <laughs> but if it's at least a way to play it, you know. And, yep. and so I I have been thinking about you know purchasing that app and just trying it out there, just to say that I have Damn done it. it. But yeah, I need to to check this classic off for sure, and I'm really excited to do so.
1: Yeah, that that's one that every time I think about it, you I'm, know, I'm like, should I buy that? Because I did like it. <laughs> so yeah, it's right. on, it's always on yeah. like a my short list for things to maybe buy
0: someday right so. yeah and i and I, I think you know there's lots of maps and lots of different variations yeah. to play i i love games that have like different maps that you can play on and mm-hmm. uh, to to make things feel different and so i i anticipate that this game will be highly regarded in my in my opinion but yeah. uh but yeah so a uh, couple of quick questions for you as we transition to near the end of this this uh podcasting session Mm -hmm. so what was there a game that was released this year 2023 that you played and was just like your favorite do you have any of those games
1: yeah so i made a list of everything that was new to me and or just new this year um if i had to pick one oh that's tough (laughs) well
0: while you think about that? I'll I'll just mention, and I, I think it's no surprise yeah. to anyone who listens that Oranienberger Canal is my favorite game yep. from 2023. Uh, just classic Uwe Rosenberg uh, mechanisms with the resource wheel, with tableau building, with very you know different cards, individual cards, and you know tons of you know decks of cards that you can play with. Um, it's and it's a two-player experience or a solo experience, and and so. Despite the look of it, it's it's such an amazing game. I I can't stop thinking about it. It's it's the one game that I will, you know, pull out and play solo over and over again, over any other game that I have owned so far. And so it you know it's it's just a fantastic game. But it's it's going to be hard to beat that. Earth was a very close second, and it I it's hard to think about because I backed Earth last year, like around yeah. my birthday in twenty twenty two. And so to me it, it feels like a twenty twenty two game, but I guess it officially released this year and and yeah, we've we've mentioned it before. It definitely should be a, a top one hundred game of all time. But Earth just hits all of the the all, all of all of what I'm looking for in a tableau card, you know, card driven tableau building game. And mm-hmm. so it it's such a fantastic game. But yeah, what 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 were some of your hits?
1: You know, I I'm going to cheat a little bit here and i realize that all three games from this year that i had listed as favorites are are nature themed games um okay i this year i've really found a soft spot for nature games um and my research mm-hmm. in my um in my degree is kind of leaning that direction right i'm thinking about writing about eco media and games media um cool and so these have really just resonated with me the, the three that came out this year that i listed um as favorites are um, force shuffle, which I've only played once. Um, yeah, but I I love the dual-sided cards, right? That adds a little bit of that. Um, makes it a little bit harder, and then the fact you have to discard cards too, right? So it's like a double, a double, double-edged sword, <laughs> where yeah. you have to choose a side, you have to sacrifice one of the potential options, and discard other cards to do so, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, and I love the way thematically, I love. That the trees just have the animals around it right and you're building this ecosystem it just everything about it really sung for me um yeah, uh, thematically and mechanically it just felt really satisfying and, and clear um so that one's a definite winner for me and then the other two are actually about hiking um which mm-hmm. not being in uh in the west anymore being away from the mountains i'm a little bit nostalgic for hiking at the moment um mm-hmm. but um waypoints which is actually a a print and play um hmm. my and i have all of postmark games here they're they're a small little print and play company but you you pay five dollars and you get like all the maps that are currently available which is like five or six for some other games for five dollars um hmm. and it's a quick roll and write. the thing i love about um waypoints is that you have action points to navigate across the board and it's not determined by normal grid lines or like hex lines, right? It's determined by topography on a map. Um, mm. And so I, I love that thematic connection of, you know, as you climb a mountain, you're spending your action points to go see that peak or to go see that animal. Um, yeah. So again, that thematic tie to the action points mechanism just really brought that out for me um, and really, really worked. And then my third is um, trailblazer, the John Muir trail. Oh yeah. Um, which we actually won at, at a board game convention. We did a play to win and we ended up winning a copy. So, oh cool. um, we also had that kind of nostalgic connection to the fact that we got it for free, but, um, the arts by Andrew Bosley, who's my favorite board game artist. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it just really evokes all of the different things about camping and hiking, you know, having to manage your food and your sleep and your gear. Um, and, you know going out to different parts of nature to see the animals so it's been a really naturey year for me probably because i've been stuck in an office reading about nature rather than being in nature <laughs> and so board games have been that opportunity for me to like really feel like i'm engaging with um the beauty of nature and made me really want to go out and be outside more right
0: oh, i love it yeah i love it so i uh, great list i've i've heard you know uh, superficial things about Trailblazers. Yeah, uh, it's definitely one that I need to try. Uh, Waypoints is a game that I haven't heard of yet. How how long does it take to play Waypoints?
1: You know, it's it's a roll and write, um, and yeah. it only has like four like quote unquote rounds, um, mm-hmm. but it's pretty crunchy. It, it took us about forty five minutes to an hour, um, and so it packs a good amount of game onto a single piece of paper. Um, cool. So I think we should play this is a really good one to play remotely. Um and their other yeah. two games, Aqua Marine and Voyages, are also just incredible. Um yeah. You know, we were talking about Rolling Realms before we started the podcast, and these mm-hmm. three have I have a four-way tie for my favorite Roland right, and it's these three in Rolling Realms. <laughs> so oh, sweet. all three wow. of these have made it really high up because you know it's just unveiling what you can do with a piece of paper and you know three dice right there's so much yeah. possibility there and i and just the bang for buck you know and they keep releasing maps i think um voyages yeah. now has six maps for five dollars is uh-huh. just some of the best deal i've ever seen in this industry so really respect what they're doing they're a really small company but man they put out great stuff
0: awesome yeah it, you know when when you describe waypoints in particular it kind of sounds a lot like guilds of merchant explorers are there some similarities there
1: um you know actually voyages their other game feels a little bit more like guilds of merchant explorers um, okay yeah where you're you're sailing a a boat around the ocean and you have to go in straight lines and you're trying to visit islands and collect bounties and um all that kind of stuff so waypoints mm. waypoints is so unique i don't think i've ever played something quite like it where you're actually free to navigate however you want it's just you yeah. have to pay attention to the po- typography of the map right yeah um, right so really really just so clever
0: yeah. yeah hey i'm i am intrigued consider me intrigued I, I definitely want to play this now yeah we'll 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 do it for sure oh
1: yeah 100% 100% yeah
0: so these and these games were released this year right
1: yeah way waypoints was um aqua marine okay. voyages by postmark were um 2021 and 2022
0: Uh, gotcha okay so so speaking of which were there any games that you played for the first time this year that really stood out to you like like voyages and aquamarine
1: yeah so i have a couple um i played trekking through history for the first time um okay which i've always been a fan of the trekking games like trekking the world trekking the national parks um Uh uh-huh trekking through history was one of those that when i heard the rules i was like this can't possibly be the whole game right like it's so simple and there's so little going on um but it just tickles my brain and it gets the endorphins going um have you played trekking through history
0: i have not it's been on my list to try to play at some point yeah um it, it's, it's a more, like, light-weighted game, is that is It is, that right?
1: yeah. It, it's very, mm-hmm. very streamlined. It's kind of like you're playing timeline. You're trying to put cards in mm. chronological order. Yeah, yeah. But you get the added puzzle of you want to collect cards that give you the right color of discs to fill out your low-passport map to get points and bonuses. Mm-hmm. So you have this kind of double strategy of trying to get your cards to go in chronological order and not making too big of kind of temporal jumps while also trying to get the right symbols, right? And when people take cards, the bonuses change. And so it has that level of interaction and that level of simplicity that just brings out this satisfying little puzzle of, do I take that card because it gives me the symbols I need now and, you know, jump over the possibility to play all these other cards because it's too far in the future? Mm -hmm. Or do I try and pad it out and hope that no one takes those cards, right? So I... It's really simple but you know plays in like half an hour and it was really really fun so awesome um
0: i i've i remember playing timelines like years yeah. ago like 10 years ago mm-hmm. and thought it was just a blast and this is before i you know discovered <laughs> the hobby and, yeah. and as a whole and euro games in general but i think this would be a fun way to relive that that timeline ask uh type of enjoyment that i had before i like that
1: yeah, and it's just that little yeah. bit, that little tiny step up, right, where you're adding a little puzzle on top of trying to get things yeah. in the right order. So I really like that. Um, uh, again, nature. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna say?
0: Oh, it's just uh, any any other games that were new to you this year?
1: Yeah, um, we actually just played this for the first time, so maybe it's recency biased. Um, and speak of nature, right? I played Meadow the other day. Um, oh yeah. A Meadow is another one of those that's really simple. Um. But it brings out really excruciating decisions where you have to, you know, if you have a, a bird, you can only play it if you have a worm because it's attracted to the worm. But when you play the mm-hmm. bird, it eats the worm. So you no longer have the worm to play other cards with. Right. So you're <laughs> always losing things to gain more things. Um, and it has this really excruciating kind of like for a shuffle, right? Where it's like, do I give up this potential thing for the future to get something big now? And I just I really love that tense. Um, trying to decide whether to play something or not, or trying to find a way to to keep them both, right? And to start a new game yeah. or something, right? And just beautiful, uh, thematically, again, I think these nature games are doing a really good job of bringing mechanics through s- thematic familiarity, right? And and really making it easier to get these games to the table.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think a lot of these games, um, I mean, perhaps Wingspan to a, to an extent, yeah. but 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 games like meadow games like um forest shuffle in, in a sense too like you, you have those uh you know the wolves you know and the deer you know mm-hmm. if, you, if you have those all into your tableau you know they they're a part of the same ecosystem right and so so you get more points off of that you know, knowing the birds and the worms in in, in meadows too it's yeah. like okay i understand that just from being a human and observing nature right yeah and so if, if you can implement that as a rule in a game that just makes the onboarding so much easier it makes it more welcoming to other people and you know who who doesn't know or enjoy nature you know i mean there are people of course yeah. who don't but, <laughs> but like it's it's just a, a kind of a a popular opinion amongst people i think that that you know oh yeah you know i i enjoy nature i, I at least enjoy looking at it or something like that mm-hmm. so um that that is a really good point that's a really good point that it, it helps the thematic uh, integration into the rules is something that's often something that i look for in a game and how easy it is to do that with nature themed games it's that's true
1: yeah and i it's true i you know with my research the way i'm thinking it's just you know i think the more interactions with nature we have better (laughs) yeah exactly right yeah even you know games that teach you ways of looking and knowing like knowing about ecology and places right like there's that educational aspect too that i think it's just really um it's just one step above you know it's like it's you're having fun you're also learning about nature and thinking about nature and kind of having a meaningful um learning experience as you interact with the play
0: systems so Mm
1: -hmm. i really appreciate it for sure
0: yeah yeah what about you (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'll mention one game, uh, Age of Civilization. Mm. Have I talked to you about this game yet? I don't think so, no. So I discovered this game on Board Game Arena. This game, I think, it was from 2019. And it's a game, it's a civilization-themed game that you can play in about, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, there are, oh my gosh, like, you only have six rounds in this game, so it's not a, a really long... You know, drawn-out civilization game, but it has those elements where you have a, a small little tech tree that you're you're climbing up. You have, uh, yeah, the the kind of like a worker placement-esque type of action selection uh, in each of these rounds. The order in which these actions come up are different every time. Actions like, you know, taking uh, or building a wonder or taking resources like money or food or, um, sorry, uh, money or um like military points things like that and then you have the option to select from a wide variety of civilizations that are offered and the thematic tie-in to some of these civilizations too is really interesting um but like they they're spread across the whole you know globe you know you have um asian uh civilizations middle eastern uh european it you know, Pacific Mm -hmm. Island, you've got them all right. And so it's like, it's really cool to see what civilizations are offered. Uh, It offers a really cool puzzle. Like you can kind of take in the whole um, puzzle that you're offered and say, okay, where, which direction am I going to go up my tech tree? Which civilizations am I going to target um, based off of the worker placement spots and what order they're coming out in, you know, during each round. Uh, how am I going to allocate my resources in a way that I can gain a lot of points? And the, so there's a lot of like uh, setup, you know, planning ahead of time. But it's, it's a small enough game that you can wrap your head around it easier than some other games, like other Euro games where uh, you kind of have to solve the puzzle as soon as the board is laid out in front of you. But in this game, yeah, it, it goes quick. It's, it's really crunchy, really fun, really fast. It's like a, a tiny epic game. Yeah, uh, but with Civilization on top of it. And I've played this game uh, like over 50 times in the past year Whoa. on Board Game Arena, just loving, loving it. And every game feels a little bit different because you're flipping over new Civilization cards. There's a really large stack of them that you can choose from. It's it's just a fantastic game for um, for what it is. And so I discovered that this year. And I'm grateful that it was on Board Game Arena to be able to discover it. And it's it's really... Uh, shot up the list for me. So
1: yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it, and I really want to try this because I sometimes civilization games bounce off of me because they're just a little yeah. bit too much. But this looks perfect.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. And you know, if you're playing like one or two turns per day, like it, it takes literally like two or three days to play wow. you know, at most, so if not less. So it's uh, I'll I'll start up a game or something, and we can we can give it a give it a go.
1: Yeah, that sounds great.
0: Yeah. That, that was a huge surprise for me. Now, uh, thinking of, uh, let's transition to like our thoughts about next year. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, are there any games that you're excited for that have been announced or will be fulfilling or something like that that you are excited for uh, in the upcoming year?
1: You know, uh, with trying to focus on playing things from Backlogs and Things, I have not been yeah. as in the news as I should be. Um, I feel like there's I have one there's the the sequel to Trailblazer that's coming out um Mm. it's um it's about is the Amazonian trail um but it's it's adding in a bit of polyomino and so I'm like oh I I love that and so I already love the Trailblazer um line and so I'm really looking forward to trying that one
0: when it comes out
1: that's the main one that comes to mind yeah
0: cool yeah i i need to i need to try some of these games because i like you i'm a big fan of these nature games i need to try trailblazer and see how that that fits for me and so if it if it it clicks as well as it has for you then i would be excited for this new game too um and and same with me like i you know considering all the games that i need to play that have released around this time like you know all the late 2023 games that i have on my list i feel like i haven't had much thought about what is planned to be released next year uh i will say that the one game that i uh have on that list is actually an expansion and that's going to be the new expansion Mm. um for the big box that is set to release soon they in addition to having all the previous two expansions included with the with the big box version there are two new expansions that are being released for the first time and new spirit is one of my it's it's a top 10 game for me and so so that expansion alone is uh exciting enough for me to bring that into new spirit and and try that out with the game so yeah (laughs) that's that's basically my answer for that too
1: yeah Uh, you know as you were talking about expansions actually remember that um rolling realms redo is um oh yeah coming out. so with with having acquired some promos and um looking forward to having you know 12 more in a big box i'm mm-hmm. really really looking forward to to that just having a few more realms to play through just because i every time i play it, i want
0: to play it more so <laughs> yeah i i that is true i i forgot about that and that's really tempting for me too to Put on my list of, of games that I want to own. Yeah, uh, I would love to collect those promos and, and just have that available. Mm-hmm. It's it's so easy to bring out and, and teach people with, and it's a game that I think I could definitely play multiple times. Yeah. So, and then uh, any goals that you have, board gaming related or otherwise. I, I guess since this is a board game podcast, we could focus on <laughs> yeah <laughs> board, board game, game goals. I mean, you know. Yeah. Ha- w- yeah. What What are your your healthy uh healthy uh <laughs> healthy
1: board game uh, related
0: healthy board game goals you know um you know i
1: i have a few campaign games on our shelves like i we have pandemic yeah. legacy season one that we got mm-hmm. for a steal at one point we have um scythe rise of fenris um oh cool you know we just have a couple of these types of games like you know when we do sit down and play a legacy game my wife and i we will just like plow through it and that's all we'll do for a month um like, we played through Charterstone probably in the course of, like, two weeks. Um, mm. And it was so fun. And, you know, just having... I want to make sure we have time to, you know, play through some of these campaign games. Like, Pandemic Legacy Season 1 is still on my scratch-off page, right? Like, number two. And I'm like, I need to do that. And we have it. So, yeah. um, I think playing <laughs> through a couple more campaigns... I know Arnak has a campaign expansion that I want to get and play through as well. Um, sure. So playing more of the games that I love and, and playing through some of these campaigns um, is probably going to be my main focus because I feel like this year I've been focusing on doing a lot of new things and I want to buckle down and like really get familiar with a couple of games and, and play those campaigns and replay some of my favorites and revisit those.
0: Totally. Yeah. I, I agree. Like campaign games are definitely on my list to to accomplish. I think Clank Legacy is yep. on the top of that list. But I I know I have some friends who want to play through Pandemic Season uh, Legacy Season One as well. Um, uh, Ariel and I own it, and we've gotten through I think two or three <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, scenarios out of the year. So we got to like what March or so. <laughs> yeah. So much has happened already. You know, it's it's such a such a cool game. But I, I really. I, I think it'd be fun to revisit that and just finish it just to know what happens. And, uh, and then also same applies for Clank legacy. I think um, I, I do want to buckle down as well on some games. I, I, you know, as a, you know, virtue of, of the podcast, I feel like staying up to date with the newest releases is, is, yeah. is fun and, and kind of draining at the same time. Um, sometimes there there are days where I'm super excited about covering and play new games sometimes though I would rather uh, play an old favorite and really, and really buckle down. And, and with, with the expansion that I'm planning on the podcast into YouTube and having more of a visual aspect to the podcast, I think it'll be easier to say like play games or, or look at replays on board game arena to really study out, you know, certain games and how, how they play. Uh, I, I really want to like, Create strategy articles as well for mm-hmm. um, some of my favorite Rosenberg games like Caverna, et cetera, like Fields of Aral as well. I think those games are, are so interesting that they um, seem like they are like solvable games, right? Everything is, is laid out in front of you in Caverna, all the tiles and everything. The only thing that's different is in what order the actions are coming out and when you have harvests right mm-hmm. and so is it you know to me it's like and and fields of oral also has a very limited variability from game to game and so it's like can these games be solved right is there is there like a a solution an equation that you can use that is pretty much applicable throughout any of these games and I've, as i've looked at some of the top players and their scores you know they're they're getting these really high scores and I, I really want to dive into and analyze what these top players are doing, to uh, what strategies they are using in general to kind of achieve these scores, um, while you know adapting to the small bits of variability that you have, whether it's from the game or from the choices of players as well. Um, that that's something that has been on my mind recently to do for for these games and games like The Feast for Odin as well. Uh, I think uh, so. So in for Rosenberg games in particular, I want to dive strategically more in depth into those games and, and really become more of an expert in those, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever become a super expert of Agricola <laughs> just because it's, it's such a, um, a lifestyle game for so many people who have already contributed so much to, uh, the, the, uh, community when it comes to strategy, but for some of the other Rosenberg games that haven't had a lot of, uh, spotlight for for strategy uh, like agricola has i think i i want to kind of fill that niche a little bit and so that's what i'm hoping to accomplish with the podcast and youtube channel uh this upcoming year uh i guess it, and so that kind of ties into what i'm i'm hoping to accomplish board gaming wise but uh you know I, I still want to to try new games like all the games that you've mentioned that i haven't heard of before or if, Briefly heard of about from other content creators as well as something that I would love to try to try out. And uh, I think hopefully I'll have more time to do so this year and allocate more time on the in the evenings and, and weekends as well to to dedicate to gaming. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm I'm staying hopeful at the beginning of this new year to to do that. And uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know. Uh, we'll have fun either way <laughs> yeah
1: and you know what there will probably be so many games that come out and just surprise me that i've never heard of them and or i'll discover like this year you know so many games that i had never played before from from the past so i'm just looking forward yeah. to another year of gaming
0: yep yeah you know? every year there's there are new surprises whether they're recent releases or old ones yeah and that is the joy of this hobby uh there's just so much to discover yeah well Jacob it's been a fantastic conversation I I do have to return to work at some point today but you know it, at this time of year it's kind of lax anyway but yeah. uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we we called it good for today
1: you know I, I think that's it I'm just really I'm really happy with the way this year went and um, I'm really excited to have some time this holiday to just kind of sit down and play some of these games that I've been away from for a minute and um, really grateful that we had the chance to to podcasts again and I, I get to see you pretty soon in person and play some games yeah. so it'll be you know
0: it's it's been a good year and i'm looking forward to another one same here it's i'm looking forward to playing some in-person games as well uh it's it's been awesome to reflect about what we've played throughout this year what has stood out what hasn't or i, I guess what what, didn't uh, what has stood out yeah <laughs> um but yeah, it's been a great year and here's to uh, an even better one next year. But uh, thank you everyone who has listened to our conversation. Uh, Thanks for joining us and hope that you schedule an appointment with us real soon and we'll catch you on the next one. Take care.